Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price the Business Show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. One of my favorite people to talk to is my guest this segment, J.L. Carpenter. She's an attorney in the Houston area, but not only does she have a huge reputation here in the state of Texas, uh, but she's got a growing one just because of some of the major stories, major cases she's been involved in with uh, surprisingly good results for her clients. And uh, always delighted to have you on the program. You're, you're a criminal defense attorney, but who had also in, in one point of your career served as a prosecutor. And, uh, and that combined experience and I think unique perspective is one of the biggest drivers for the series you and I do called Justice in the Law with J.L. Carpenter. And uh, a lot of people bring in the attorney as part of their documentaries and stories. But your take is kind of centerpiece, and I think so important. If people will listen to, watch whatever shows we talk about, uh, but even do in advance what, you heard, you know, what you said, it would make your lives so much easier, maybe even less uh, frustrated with the viewing experiences uh, because you bring such insight into the real parameters and limitations that, uh, that the justice the, uh, officials, that the law enforcement, everything from law enforcement to attorneys are dealing with. That was a lot, but I thought it was good to refresh the listener on the real gist of what we do here. Uh, well, thank you for having me, Kevin. It's always a pleasure to do this with you. And these shows that you and I watch are so entertaining, but the best part is that it's true crime. You know, it's stuff that's really out there happening in our world. Yeah, absolutely. What's your website real quick as we get started in, uh, to this episode, which will be from a Netflix series we both watch? Yeah, so my name's J.L. Carpenter, and my website is jlcarpenterlaw.com. I practice criminal defense in Harris County and connecting counties in the state of Texas. Very good. So this this time, this month, Don't Pick Up the Phone, a fascinating uh, documentary series that instantly when I saw the trailer for it, I said, hey, I remember this. This pretty much um, captured an entire nation in the late, uh, really the mid-1990s until the mid-2000s, uh, early 2000s. A uh, fascinating story about someone who randomly calls fast food restaurants, or at least it seems random. I wonder about how random it is uh, because there's still a lot we don't know. Uh, but uh, and, and persuaded uh, these fast food restaurant employee managers to essentially do strip searches of employees. Um, clearly, the, the guy had information about these employees that were there, and he was always targeting young ladies. And so it was a uh, – he had some knowledge, even though he, they were all over the country. To this day, it remains fascinating, and I guess we'll never know the rest of that story. Oh, I tell you, it was fascinating. But more than anything, when you're watching the series and you're seeing it unfold, they, they play some of the security footage from inside the manager's office, and you're watching it unfold thinking, oh, my gosh, stop, stop. This is a hoax. Yes. But at the time, they're just thinking, I'm following protocol. I'm doing what I'm – there's a police officer on the phone who told me my employees stole something. I obviously have to check this out. And he gives general descriptions. She's a female, blonde, short, you know, 
Um, and so he's able to use prepaid calling cards and make this phone call like he's impersonating a police officer and have managers strip search their employees just for his own sexual pleasure. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. It's incredible. And uh, and it went on for it went on for forever. And uh, it was interesting to see uh, how really how weak the defense. Uh, I think it was McDonald's in, in particular that was uh, taken to court and sued for liability for failing to protect the employees and letting the word get get out on that and uh, the bizarre defense that they used. And I realized 20 years ago is a long time. We did things differently 20 years ago. But we knew enough then that there should have been a clarion call of warning that these calls were happening, not only at McDonald's, but any and all fast food restaurants. Yeah, so apparently he targeted McDonald's, Taco Bell, other fast food restaurants, even some grocery chains all across the United States. And it happened, it started happening in 1992, but a light wasn't really shown on this behavior until around 2004 when a manager was doing a strip search on an 18-year-old young lady in a McDonald's in Kentucky and brought in her fiancé, I just couldn't believe it, and uh, had her fiancé get involved in this. And so um, that is when law enforcement truly started taking a um, closer look at the situation and trying to track down who this caller is. Yeah. Talk about how they did find that caller. That's a fascinating story. And they had legal hurdles in doing it. There was something that happened that that was, you know, 2004 is interesting, right, as it ties into 2001. Uh, before 2001, it, it was virtually impossible to locate him. Talk a little bit about that, too. Right. So after 9-11, of course, the privacy laws had changed because the government was trying to track for um, – terroristic calls in uh, terrorism in the United States. Um, but they were able to track the um, phone number to a prepaid calling card, and these calling cards were being bought at Walmart in a particular location in Florida. And uh, at one of the witnesses had mentioned um, a stripe down the pant leg, which would indicate maybe a police officer. So when they got to the Walmart security footage there is a correctional officer who is buying these prepaid phone cards. Um, that man is David Stewart. So they, uh, David Stewart says he's buying these prepaid cards for inmates at the jail, um, but they eventually bring him up on charges. But they also bring up some of these victims of David Stewart's on charges as well. So now they're victimized twice, once by David Stewart and then by the government. But they tried David Stewart, and because it was all circumstantial evidence and nobody could ID him as the caller of all these calls, he was acquitted, found not guilty. And strangely, all this behavior, all these calls have since ended. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, very interesting. Talk about the... Um you know, talk about whether or not the laws have changed. I, I would think a lot of listeners uh, would like to know that. And again... One of the dilemmas you and I have talked about often is that we have a federal system, which means 
what you know nothing so much does not happen on a national level there's a lot of challenges they go to the supreme court and you know even though uh, in the 21st century uh, the 10th amendment that which should be left to the states still weighs in on supreme court arguments so it's very difficult to come up with uniform national policies so we've talked about that often but but has there been a move to make it easier for this type of thing to be pursued and, and specific laws that uh, have, have been created in some of these places that he will have, would have violated and would have been found convicted? Talk about the, that dynamic. So you're right in that it's very difficult for a uniform law to come across nationally because this was affecting states on various levels. Um, but And the states have, of course, their own rights and laws and so it's hard to have like a national database where you can go to and get all of this information thank thankfully there was a very astute investigator who put you know, he kind of put the pieces together and then he reached out to an investigator in another state and then they worked together to bring david stewart to trial even though they didn't have enough evidence to get him convicted um and while there is a there was a push to make sure that this didn't happen again from a legal a criminal legal standpoint, uh, one of the victims who was a manager at McDonald's did sue McDonald's for $50 million because McDonald's knew that these hoax calls had been going through for years and never warned any of their employees or managers. If she had been educated or warned, maybe things would have worked out differently. She did win that lawsuit. She was awarded $1.1 million in Later, it was reduced to $400,000. But you have two or three lines of legal correction there. You've got the federal level trying to make a national law so that this doesn't happen again. You've got the states trying to increase their laws. And then you have corporations getting um, hand slaps for not properly educating their employees or um, protecting their employees from something like this happening. In the end, what happened with David Stewart was that he was charged with solicitation of sodomy and impersonating a police officer. These are state laws, um, but again, not enough uh, evidence to convict him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wasn't even convicted of those. Um, so back to my question, would it be easier to convict someone like him today in Florida, I believe, right? That was Florida where all this transpired. Right. So I think the difference today is that In 1992, when this all started, and even in 2004, when you're buying prepaid phone calls, there's not the video surveillance and um, electronic footprint that, you know, is out there today. Today, it would be very difficult for somebody to get away with something like this because all things lead back, um, whether it's the smartphone in your hand or the security footage from, you know, the street or you know, it's, there's always something left behind today electronically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even those disposable phones, uh, that's probably your best bet. But even that, uh, you've got video everywhere. Um, but again, you know, what happens if they get, get arrested? Maybe they stop the behavior going forward, but do they suffer any other consequences as the changes in law address that? You know, and... That's a good point. And one thing I was thinking about when you were just talking was, I, from what I understand, there were times when this David Stewart was actually in a phone booth with a vantage point. So 
so as he's given the instructions to these managers to strip search their employees, he's actually able to see part of what's going on. Um, and mm-hmm. that adds to his sexual pleasure, you know. So that kind of thing now today, I mean, where do you see payphones? Not very often do you see payphones on the street these days. And even if you did, you're going to have some sort of security footage somewhere along the way because everything's covered these days. Um, yeah. But I I just don't think that if if this behavior were happening in 2023, that for one, you would get away with it, and you certainly wouldn't get away with it for a decade or so. Yeah, and and the victimization of the victim again, you know, through the system, uh, that that's changed. I think some, uh, you know, it's the job of a vigorous prosecutor uh, to go after a victim, and that, and if that victim is a female, things can happen, you know, where uh, it's less than friendly for that that uh, victim. Uh, but it's a, a different structure and environment, and certainly a different culture in the jury pool. That uh, you know that existed uh, 20 years ago. I would think. Absolutely, this poor little 18-year-old girl who's just working a side job at McDonald's so that she can have some spending money is called into her manager's office and first accused of stealing a, a customer's purse. So just anyone being accused of something like that is going to be offended, especially if you know if it's not true. But then told, well, you could be hiding the money somewhere, so I need you to take your clothes off. 18 years old and having to stand in front of her manager. And now she brings in her fiancé, Amel, and they're saying, well, it could be up inside you, so why don't you jump up and down and do some jumping jacks? I mean, how ridiculous. And this went on for over an hour. How ridiculous. And no one snapped to, this isn't really a police officer on the other line, on, on the other end of the phone. Yeah, yeah, and, and for me, when I watch it, uh, I'm like, to a certain extent, I understand why the victim does what she does. Who wants to go to jail, right? Who wants to go and have, you know, have the police deal with them directly, which is exactly what this guy is saying. If you don't cooperate, you're going to go to jail. Uh, you know, and, and second of all, who doesn't want to immediately, as quickly as humanly possible, exonerate themselves? And so that's exactly. playing a huge role, you know, in their thinking. I don't understand the managers, you know, and then you had that one incident where an employee walked in and said, what the heck is going on in here? This has got to stop now. Call the police. I don't care. You can't do this. I mean, out of all those cases, we saw that maybe once. That blew my mind. That's what blew my mind as well is that these managers, this happened so many times. And how can one individual from a telephone call be able to control so many people at such a great level. I mean, it's beyond belief to me, but that's what made the series exciting, um, unbelievable, but disappointing in that they never caught their guy. Never caught their guy. Yep. Very, very interesting. Always love our conversation. Final thoughts as we wrap it up. Common sense. Use some common sense, folks. If you feel like something just doesn't, Smell right, feel right, it probably isn't right. Yeah, yeah. By the way, just for the record, uh, before, you know, in in virtually every case uh, of something like this, uh, they would have to do uh, Miranda, give you your Miranda rights. (laughs) I didn't hear that happen in any of the cases. And so, uh, yeah, this is this bizarre, really off the chart 
so disturbing. Uh, it's so interesting. It's almost like uh, watching two trains trains collide. You uh, know you probably didn't watch it, but at the same time, you can't help yourself. But it was also really educational. <laughs> people people should really watch this just to be better educated. And I say talk to your kids about a lot of this stuff, um, you know, because they're not being taught uh, how to uh, put their rights where they belong. Uh, so many people are taught to be like to be like sheep, you know, do what they're told, and that was exactly what this was case, the case. JL, thanks so much as always. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, JL Carpenter. My website again is jlcarpenterlaw.com. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, I was just about to mention you mentioned that. Very good. I'm Kevin Price. This is the nationally syndicated Price of Business. Stay tuned for more.